What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Dragzine Podcast. I'm your host, Senior Editor Brian Wagner, and this week joining us from the SEMA show, Joe Costello. Joe, what's going on? Yo, Brian, how you doing? Doing great. SEMA doing- 2021, we're here. Yes, yes, you're you're doing SEMA, and I'm getting ready to uh, go wheels up to the World Cup to cover a uh, drag racing. So it's a it's a busy week for all of us, right? Yes, but the season is winding down. It's uh, it's sad, right? Like 2021 is almost over, but it's gonna end in a big way. Well, the NHRA season's winding down. For me, I've learned that I don't have an off season. It's just a couple months where there's a few less races. Winter break. Reinhardt always tells me winter break. It's not an off season. It's a winter break. Everybody's always working. We work right through, but we take a break from the actual racing. Some of us, you know, camping world series, certainly. Well, you know, it's funny that I don't know how much of a winter break you cats are going to get this year. Cause the, uh, the silly season's looking like it's winding up and it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty outrageous. It already is outrageous. And this is something we've kind of known about, you know, if you, you know, on my show, I, I don't really delve into the rumors and stuff because half of them are not true. And so that means we waste half of our time talking about stuff that doesn't happen. I've always preferred to just wait. And uh, the things we already know, Tony Stewart drag racing. That's amazing. Leah and Matt Hagen, but uh, Tony Schumacher returning. Like these stories already would be a great offseason story, but there's many more to come. And so it's exciting. It's an exciting time for drag racing in general for NHRA camping world drag racing for guys like you and me who, uh, you know, make our livings talking about it, having a good time and, and wanting stories to kind of chew up and spit out with our audiences. It couldn't be better. This is what it's all about. So uh, big things happening. And uh, I just can't wait to find out all the while though we got championships to decide. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to all that in a minute. I, you know, you touched on the Tony Stewart thing and that's something I wanted to talk about because Tony Stewart's doing big things in the motorsports world. I've been a fan of his. He's now jumping into drag racing with both feet and both hands and both elbows. What are your thoughts on his expansion now into the, uh, into the world even more? I think it's smart. I think it's the smart thing to do. Here's a guy who's got all this investment in motorsports in general and a, a lot of understanding and brain power. Why not expand your business into the one motorsport you're not into? Plus, obviously, his relationship with Leah has something to do with it. Um, I would say it gave him a reason to understand and learn about drag racing. Uh, I've interviewed Tony, you know, he he and I kind of had the same rookie year. 1999 was my first like, you know, full-time paid broadcast year. And it was his first full-time season in cup. And uh, Tony has been involved in the sport many times coming out to drag races. I always ask him, I always pressure him, when are you going to go drag racing? When are you going to go drag racing? Now he's got a real legit reason to be around drag racing and to be part of it. So to get that team on track, top fuel and funny car, get in, realize, understand, kind of look under the hood of the NHRA and be part of it. Uh, I think it can only be good for him and good for NHRA drag racing. Oh, totally. Not to mention the fact that we could. Oh, look at this. It's Steve Matuzic. Steve Matuzic is here. Aeromotive. Look at wearing his. We're his oh. board of directors oh, hey. nameplate. What's up, Steve? What's How are you? Are you good? I'm on the drag scene podcast right now. You oh, want to like oh. plug? Brian doesn't care. Brian, you don't care, right? I don't care. It's all good in the hood. Brian, I thought, I thought this, oh my gosh, stalker, shadowy character. I was looking at you and I wasn't sure. And then I look over and it's like, <laughs> it's Steve. Who's this dude looking over my shoulder, right? Are you good? I'm good. You going to have fun this weekend? Man. Yes, absolutely. Right, we're going to see you on the track soon again, soon, right? Uh, you know, you never know. We'll see what happens. No, we know. We'll see what happens. We know. All right, buddy. Good seeing you. Thank you very much. Look at that. How about that, Brian? That's scoop. 
that that's what makes this show fun. It's just it's random and chaotic, and you never know what's going to happen. I was worried though. I was like, uh oh, there's somebody lingering. You know, the peripheral vision. Like, there's somebody lingering. Who is this person? Oh, it's Steve. That's okay. I, yeah, it, you, you don't know how this interaction's going to go. I've been there before right. at the track. It's like, oh, who's in my corner eye? But 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 the point I was going to make is that what would be interesting at some point, if for some reason Tony got behind the wheel of the car, he would have to relive dealing with Doug Coletta again, who has beat him for a championship before in an open wheel car. That to me would be entertaining, but that's just my own little weirdness. Well, during the press, no, it's not weirdness. It's, uh, it's, it's good to imagine all the cool things that would happen if Tony Stewart drove a top fuel car. And uh, those people who watch the press conference, I think uh, you got to learn to read between the lines. I think he spelled it out there. I think he said without saying that it's definitely going to happen, but not right away. The guy wants some more experience. He, he realizes what it takes and he's going to get use his opportunity to uh, to practice, to get better, to learn more. And then, uh, you know, somewhere down the road, he'll jump behind the wheel somewhere, some somehow. Um, not right away thing, but eventually, right? And, and isn't that just the smart way to do it? And if we've learned anything about Tony over the years, he, he doesn't just jump into stuff uh, without knowing. You know, he doesn't uh, leap before he looks. And so the day that he gets into a top fuel car, whenever that is at some point, um, is going to be a day where he feels like he can actually compete. And I am more than happy to let him decide for himself whenever that will be. It'll be a good day. Oh, totally. It's he's a very calculated man on what he does. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table. And I, I think it's it's an amazing thing for drag racing. It really is. I want to change the background now. Oh yeah. Hey, there you you go. Go. See that's all was a C eight in the background. It's, it's well, like- it's the first SEMA show. You know, this is something I'm giving you a little scoop here just in my mental uh, state. This is the first SEMA show since the C eight. Right. Oh, yeah. like last year, we didn't get to have one. And so there's C8s everywhere, man. I just saw a Z06. They're just Corvettes everywhere. It's going to be the car of the show. And as much as we've gotten a little bit accustomed to them, uh, we haven't seen them seam it out yet. So here we go. I'm kind of jealous you'll get to see that because I'm sure that there's some very smart and fun people that got a hold of those vehicles. Yes, certainly. Now, Tony Stewart and what he's bringing to the table is going to be interesting. I think that kind of leads into the next section is that, you know, the top fuel teams, we've seen this resurgence in non big style teams kind of picking up wins and doing well, you know, Josh, you know, Josh Hart, the Torrance family and stuff like that. How important is that to the nitro universe to have these smaller teams start to be able to really pick, pick it up a notch? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great for everybody. Um, you know, nothing is permanent, right? I think that's the Buddha that says that. Like, nothing is permanent. And, you know, we saw the era of the super teams, and maybe we'll see the era of the super teams again. But things build up, and then things, uh, you know, I don't want to say fall apart or break down. Um, you know, what's happening at Don Schumacher Racing with Antron and Leah and Matt and those, you know, Tony coming back, of course, Tony Schumacher, that is. Uh, you can look at it any way. It's all depends on how you want to spin things, right? In a negative spin, I've had people say, oh, you know, Don Schumacher Racing is uh, is eroding right before our eyes, was a quote. And I, I preferred as Don is like kicking. Oh, all right, I'm back. I got 20% battery, just FYI, um, out here on the property doing the video streams, like using my stuff. But we're going to go every last drop of batteries going to you and the Dragzine podcast, Brian. But uh, I think Don is kicking him out of the nest. 
is what I think. I think Don Schumacher has invested a huge part of his time, money, wealth, life into drag racing, into building this thing. If you look back at the, you know, the 21st century of drag racing, Don Schumacher has been the most successful team out there. And I really think he's kicking the kids out of the nest now. He's, uh, you know, whether it be Antron or Leah, and, and it all depends on how you want to look at it. But, uh, and each one of those is like a little seed that is planted into the ground and it's going to grow or a little baby bird that is going to grow and develop into its own thing and have their own marketing department, have their own media department, going to go out there and search for sponsors, hopefully bring in people, new, fresh eyes, fresh minds and grow. And uh, that's what we need. That's what we need. So I think um, it has been interesting to watch how it all worked out. Still more stories to come, of course. And, uh, and we'll see, but I, th I think we are in a, a, a new era of NHRA drag racing where we have more, but smaller teams. Change, growth and change is good. And I think that's kind of what the writing on the wall is showing here is that it's, it's not getting worse. It's going into a different direction that actually could spin even more positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. But make no mistake. There will always be naysayers out there on the social media, no matter what, like, uh, you know, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos to decide to put, uh, you know, $10 billion each into NHRA drag racing. There will be, uh, you know, 20% of the people out there that come up with a reason why it's bad. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just about how you choose to receive a story. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And I like to, you, you, you know, a little bit on the inside, you see it from the outside. It's like, you, you could start to see where a roadmap's potentially going to go. And I think it's going to be, it's going to make 2022 very interesting. Oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, shameless plug for my own podcast. I had Ron Caps on last week. And at the very beginning of his interview, he teased uh, some really cool stuff coming on for him. You know, he's one of the big question marks over there at DSR. And, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to quote him. Right. I want to just let people hear what he had to say. But, he, you know, he, he put it out there that there's things coming up for him, too. People are asking questions. So it's going to be very exciting winter break. But uh, honestly, though, I am locked in on our championships right now. I think what we saw at the race, the 1000th event at the. Uh, Dodge SRT Las Vegas Nationals at the Strip in Las Vegas, uh, which, uh, you know, you're, you're recording this uh, the day after, was unbelievable, like an epic event, a special happening in the history of drag racing, and uh, it lived up to the hype. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break here on the Dragazine Podcast, have a sponsor do their plug. When we come back, we're going to talk championships with Joe Costello here on the Dragazine Podcast. From Pro Mod to Pro Street, MSD's Pro 600 Capacitive Discharge Ignition is a game changer for cars making big power, capable of providing eight individual coil outputs with up to a whopping 680 millijoules of energy. The Pro 600 is an excellent option for racers that previously could only use a magneto, perfect for four, six, or eight-cylinder cars with high cylinder pressure, power adders, and nitromethane. The MSD Pro 600 CDI and recommended ignition coils, part number 8232, will take your engine program to the next level. All right, we're back here on the Dragzine Podcast. We're a sport that's about going fast. We're trying to beat Joe's battery life, so it's going to be an interesting and an abbreviated show. Who knows what's going to happen, but we're talking, speaking of which, championships. Let's talk about what we saw at Vegas, because I was able on vacation. I made it back home just in time to catch rounds two forward, and uh, things are getting a little sporty out there in, in the uh, in the Camping World Series. Am I right? Yeah, well, very much so. Have been uh, very much so, uh, with exception of Top Fuel. I mean, Top Fuel is is good competition, but you know, Steve Torrance has won ten races on the year, and make no mistake, the 
playoff system known as the countdown has closed things up. And then Steve and his team, who are clearly the best out there, have slowly worked hard to expand it uh, back. And it's been a, an exercise in, you know, Brittany Force, can she take advantage of it? Um, and has been good. But it's, it's kind of interesting to watch how that happens. Like, you can be second best and not celebrated right and that's what's happening with Brittany right now is that she's not being celebrated for being second best to one of the greatest of all time and I don't know I kind of have a little bit of a weird beef with that you know the old Ricky Bobby thing I guess it's true if you're not first you're last but let me tell you something being second isn't so bad and Brittany is running well got a fast car her driving is improving she's doing everything she can do she's just going up against one of the greatest teams of all time in all history um, you know, go talk to the people who lost to Michael Jordan and see, you know, were they not good? No, they were good. They just happened to be uh, racing in the wrong era, so to speak. And so we're seeing there's one race to go. Steve has got a, just over a hundred point lead. He's feeling it. You can see uh, Justin Ashley has absolutely emerged during this countdown as a player, hopefully for the next five or 10 years, hiring Mike Green now for a long-term contract. Um, but top fuel, I think, what is happening is what we knew what was going to happen, but the way it has been happening, I think wasn't really seen by everyone. Some people were suggesting that Steve was going to win all seven races and uh, that, that hasn't happened. It has been a lot more competitive. It, to me, watching this top fuel this year has been watching like Steve Torrance is this really technical boxer, just, you know, in the pocket, throwing all these great technical punches and Brittany force and grubby have been standing on the outside edge, just dropping bombs trying to do everything they can to counteract what he's done i think it's been fantastic to watch oh qualifying david grubnick in qualifying has been just a pleasure to watch and there's one race to go and it's pomona and friday night at pomona q1 friday night at pomona like could we see a 359.9 that's what i'm saying i'm throwing it out there 359.9 will we see it could we see it don't no one says no everyone says well Maybe. I mean, they'd have to hit it. It's the first run off the track, uh, off the trailer, but it's possible. And David Grubnick is redefining what is possible. And Brittany's driving is getting better. And this isn't her last year driving the car. And so, um, you know, she's a champ in her own right. But yeah, they are more of a, a haymaker style team right now. But they are also developing into something different. And uh, they're not done with their evolution. Yeah, it's it's been, it's been great to just to watch that excitement happen for sure. And, and Check then, this out. What, what you got Chevy there? SS, Holden Ooh. Commodore, you know, multicolored chrome wrap. I'm a sucker for the chrome wraps. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that was going to be an SS at first. I thought it was going to be something else. And I saw the front. Oh, like, oh, well, look at that. We got some American muscle there wearing something a little different. By Australia. By Australia, America, you know. Same same rapper kind of deal, right? Yeah. So, and then, you know, I, I think another exciting one that we should talk about is, uh, you know, with, with Funny Car. And things got, again, you know, Cruz Petragon this weekend charging the Hard Charger Award like he's on a dirt track com coming for caps. So, you know, that's another interesting one we have. Oh, yeah. Well... Really, though, the first round of eliminations was one for all time. Like, you know, there are historians who know every race and what happened in every race. I'm not that guy. I don't have that kind of memory. 
but I lived this one and to see Hagen go down and to see all the contenders like lose John Forrest loses Hagen loses uh, J.R. Todd loses first round and the door is just wide open for caps and caps and crews are able to slide through and they go all the way to the final and now the door is open for Ron Caps. the finals is points and a half so it's not like a lock by any means but from a one point lead to what I think is a uh, you know a, a thorough 60 point lead something like that I don't have it off the top of my head but it is manageable for anybody. It's going to be wide open. But like uh, we saw over the course of the weekend, like Greg Anderson said to me, I'd rather be me, right? I'd rather be Caps right now. Ron Caps has got an advantage, most importantly because Dean Antonelli and John Medlin and that team that was Beckman's team from a year ago, they are uh, clicking. They have got it going on right now. It's not like they're searching for it. They've got it. Uh, in the final round, they had a bit of an explosion. Otherwise, they would have won that uh, – they would have won that race. Also, advantage caps, simple as that. Ron Caps and Napa are looking good. Now, don't discount Dickie Venables and Matt Hagen and, of course, John Force and Cruiser. They're all in it, but I'd, I'd rather be the guy with the lead. And that first round run, Ron Caps had Tim Wilkerson, who beat him in the final round of the U.S. Nationals. And really, Wilkerson has kind of been kicking uh, Caps in the teeth during the countdown here. That was a must win as must win as anything gets must win and caps won. they won. And if they go on to win the championship, that first round matchup against Wilkerson is going to be the one that everybody looks at. I think how are we doing on battery life, Joe, who knows, but here's the deal. Just because uh, we lose battery right now, since the way you do your show is very similar to the way I do my show, I can always just go get a charge, Brian, like this, we haven't talked enough. So like we'll knock out some and then I'll get a charge and then we can knock out the rest after you tell about your great sponsors. That is true. We can we can always go through and uh, do do the nice editing and whatnot as well. Um, Don't tell them how we do it though. Don't tell no, them about no, the scenes. Not, not the, the 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 secrets. I, I will take another quick pause for the cause here before we uh, do a little bit more talking here on the Dragzine podcast. Founded in 1981, Dart is celebrating its 40th anniversary to provide extra reliability in high stress LS engine applications. Dart founder and much-honored engine builder Richard Maskin designed a fully counterweighted billet steel crank. With eight counterweights instead of the normal six, it can comfortably handle power adders. It's available in a stock 3.622-inch stroke or a 4.000 stroker model. Call 248-362-1188 for more details. All right. Well... Guess what? We've got both of our sponsor plugs out of the way in a hurry. That way, if any chaos ensues, we can keep going. Speaking okay. of chaos, Pro Stock Motorcycle, once again, another great weekend with my boy Steve Johnson. He's not laying down yet. It's that That's going to be an interesting show going into Pomona. Wow. You know, you got Angel, a fan favorite. You got Matt Smith, like the ultimate racer's racer. But Steve Johnson... The hobby racer, right? From a few years ago, Matt Smith called him a hobby racer. And Steve Johnson took that energy and looked inward and probably realized he needed to work harder and has. And now look at him, uh, thanks to the four-valve cylinder being approved by the NHRA also, um, has been maybe the best year we've seen in Pro Stock Motorcycle. I was having a conversation with George Bryce pretty recently, and he, of all people, said that it, he thinks this is the golden era of pro stock motorcycle because so many people have got the opportunity to win. You know, Steve is an eclectic, interesting character. You know that. And he's also lovable. And he's had so much uh, 
tragedy and challenge happened with him and jock you know jock this crew member lost his mom to covid and almost succumbed to covid was on a ventilator for 24 days or something came out of it steve was like you know his whole attitude about everything changed and then jock on the way home from charlotte had an accident on the road it just crazy stuff but steve finds himself just a couple of points out of the lead right now one race to go points and a half at pomona anything is possible he controls his own destiny he wins the race he wins the championship and he told us in the media center yesterday and he said it with a solemn tone in his voice and this is what i love to hear you know the guy almost cares too much about the sport is really what it is he's almost there's so many of us who are maybe too much of a fan that like we don't ever want to run the thing down at all right and steve is that guy like he just wants so badly to be part of that champions fraternity that you know get the key to the champions washroom if you will and uh you know like how do you do it though matt smith knows how and angel knows how steve doesn't know how he's never done it but this is his opportunity we'll see if he can go out he's got a very quick and fast motorcycle so we'll see if he can make it all work out yeah i, I think it's like that, that's a great way to put it he, he doesn't quite have that key yet it's on the key ring he just doesn't he hasn't found it yet and he very well could find it at pomona they, they say you got to lose one before you can win one they always say that that's like a cliche in sports you got to lose one before you can win one and uh you know steve has been around for so long and he's won the u.s nationals a few times and all but um he doesn't have the luxury of losing one before he can win one so he's got to go out there and they got a you know they got a couple weeks they had to work the bikes in one plate in one piece just win a race that's it win a race and you become the championship champion and what i think is going to possibly be the most interesting battle for the championship and pro stock got ratcheted up about four levels at vegas with everything that happened what's your take on that madness coming up what's your take wow you know Greg and Erica from the start of the season on WFO radio. We've been talking about it all year and I didn't want to disrespect anybody. And honestly, I, uh, I don't, I don't know whether I underestimated the quality of the rookies out there. You know, not that Kyle Koretsky is a rookie, but he, he ran limited races last year, but Dallas Glenn has been way better than I could have ever dreamed. Um, you know, Aaron Stanfield, I knew he was going to be an ace, but I knew that this year was going to be a clash of the two of the greatest we've ever watched race. Greg Anderson and Erica Enders in the drive for five. And that's what it has been. That's what it is. Make no mistake. Greg has tied and now surpassed Warren Johnson. He's like, you know, pushing that rock up the hill and elite. They were backed into a corner and that's when people are most dangerous. And they went out there and they used the, the, the tactic, the ladder game that is totally 100% acceptable and also encouraged uh not only do you try to get next to your your the points leader if you're trying for a championship you want to take the take them out but uh you know you do whatever you got to do to do it and greg tried it in 2019 and ran erica first round and lost this uh this week you know they've got the scale over there at elite motorsports they got multiple cars there were only 16 cars attempting to qualify troy coughlin jr got next to greg by being the number 16 qualifier it was a little bit easier and uh, took out greg by one thousandth of a second mission accomplished then erica goes on and wins races where the controversy comes in and this is where i'm a little perplexed as well 
You know, Troy admitted on the TV show that he pushed in the clutch. I mean, he didn't say I pushed in the clutch. He said he lead as a family and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to help them win. OK, uh, you're looking at the incremental numbers as the two cars were going down the racetrack. And I guess anything's possible. But for the numbers that I saw, it was looking like Troy was going to win the race. And that's what most people seem to think is that Troy was going to win the race and that he fell on his sword. And then afterwards said, I'm going to do whatever I can do to uh, to help my team win. And so that sounds like an admission that he he tanked. He, he gave up the race team orders. Uh, here's the thing, though. I don't believe that Erica would choose that if she was given the choice. I know Erica pretty well. And on the TV broadcast, she said, you know, that was uh, that's not something we do at, at Elite Motorsports. And I believe that she believes that. I believe that she believes that uh, there's a little something called plausible deniability. We all know about that. Um, you know, what's good for Erica and what's good for the team might be two different things. And uh, in this particular case, I genuinely believe that Erica Enders uh, doesn't believe or doesn't want to believe that Troy pushed in the clutch, whether whether or not he did and said he did is a different story. Um, I wish he didn't. I wish that he didn't because it's unfortunate because I, I think that, you know, maybe she does need those 20 points, but I think Eric can do it. Erica can do it on her own. And I think they already manipulated the ladder and took Greg out first round. That was enough. But then to tank around to give Erica 20 points, I think that many people, that's not going to sit well with them. That kind of, it, it kind of stinks a little bit. And, uh, you know, you do whatever you got to do to win. And I totally get it. And if I was the team, maybe I would feel differently. But I don't think you need to taint Erica. I think Erica has nothing to prove to anybody. And now all you're doing is giving haters uh, ammunition on Erica. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that was a little bit of a questionable move. Maybe it was Troy Coughlin making that call all by himself. Maybe the team suggested he do it. Maybe Erica had no clue. Like, we don't know. But now, look, this talking point is out there, and it's unfortunate. And elite fans, they'll say, hey, team, do whatever you want to do to win. But, uh, you know, I just think the world of Erica Enders and her driving and talent ability, four-time champ, five-time champ, uh, it, it makes no difference to me. And when it comes down to, like, the legend of Erica and how great she is, girl goes 005 in the final gets beat. Uh, remember what she did to Dallas and St. Louis. She had to be 005 or better, and she was. Um, it's just amazing. This is just like a talking point for the haters now. And it's unfortunate. And it's it's going to taint this title one way or another. Um, and that's that. Yeah, it's, it, again, it's there's only a couple people that might or might not know what actually, if anything, happened. But it's just the, the simple fact to me. I, I, I choose to look past it myself personally. You know, it, it is what it is. Things happen in racing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, they do it in Formula One. They do it in all forms of racing in the big picture. We've seen a lot of people do it, but this was so uh, like obvious, you know, like for instance, Vance and Hines had their oil pressure problem. Like there's a way to do things um, in this sport. It's a one-on-one -on -one sport. And like you and I are on the same team and you're the championship leader. And if, the, if you win, we get a million dollars. And if I beat you, we don't. Like what people out there are going to tell us that we should, uh, I should beat you and our team lose a million dollars and now we can't race anymore. Like that's ridiculous. That's the nature of drag racing, but there's a way to do things. And 
this was just the most obvious, clear cut, crystal clear way of doing something that, you know, there's no way to look past it other than it is what it is. And if that's the case, then just admit it. Yeah, we did it. That's right. And you live it and you own it as opposed to like the mixed messages. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a, uh, not, not a, a, a teachable moment and how to, uh, get around that for sure. And like, like you know, I, I agree that there could have been some other ways to do it. Oh, what you got there? Beamer. Ooh. Look at this thing. Nice. Yeah. See, I'm a fan of that gray. I know some people are saying it's getting played out, but to me, you can never play out a paint scheme like that. And whatever's played out right now will be hot again in five years. So just wait. Yeah, it's, it all comes back eventually. I'm waiting for the classic Pro Street paint jobs to come back. Am I right? Yeah, me too, because I got one on my race car. <laughs> uh, you, you, and you, I'm not getting another paint job. That, that's the last thing I'm spending a couple of bucks on. You, you need pastels and checker, checkered flags to come back, right? I was never into the checkered flags. There's no checkered flag in drag racing, but that's See, me. I, I, I've seen a few of the people that got that, that checkerboard pattern on there. I, I kind of was like, yeah, it's... Maybe a little too flavor of the moment-ish for me. Kenny Youngblood and uh, Corey Mack. This is the first place that I saw the uh, checkerboard, you know, checker flag in drag racing. And I always thought, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's whatever floats your boat, right? Right. Now, you mentioned the, the Young Guns in pro stock, and that was something I was going to want to kind of uh, touch on is that the, the young guns this year have, I mean, they've made their presence known, you know, there, there have been some great talent in there this year. What's that kind of showing you for the future of the class? Well, I'm so excited about the future of pro stock. I know that there are some fans, myself included, that wish we could get a couple of changes in the category. Um, but, you know, spending frivolous money for no reason, uh, you know, it's, it's tough right now. Look, look at all the, the, the great excitement. Like, what are you watching racing for? Okay, if you want to just see like, you know, cool and modern uh, cars, you know, that's one thing. There's a category for you there. But teams of men and women working with machine to outcompete one another where the driver, the crew chief, the engine builder, the chassis builder, everybody matters. Uh, I don't see anything more competitive than pro stock right now. I love pro stock and pro stock is not at a race. I'm sad. The whole environment, the whole atmosphere is different when the pro stock teams are not there. And so um, maybe I'm you know, wrong, but I am totally bullish and excited about pro stock every year. Yes, I wish there were a couple more Ford Mustangs, but the Quadras have got a couple out there. It's not like the Ford fans uh, you know, care. Even in Factory Showdown, you know, the Ford fans, they've kind of done, done their own thing. And so um, you know, it's, it's like a great party or a great concert. You know, you're there and someone else isn't there. Well, uh, it's not about who's not there. It's about who is there. What we're seeing in pro stock right now is like a, a resurgence. We've had full fields at every single race uh we've got all this young blood mentioning the quadras of course and the aaron stanfields and the troy coughlins and the dallas glens and the kyle koretskis and all of these people coming in the camry carusos look at camry caruso my goodness finally someone follows in the footsteps of erica enders and a lady racer jumps in there and is going to try to you know wrestle a car down the racetrack and hit those shift points like that's what we need uh, i think i see nothing but good things for pro stock you know if i could do one thing one thing i wish we could put more factory relevant bodies on the exact same chassis as we have right now that's yeah. it 
Yeah, the the the, the Jelly Bean Chronicles, as I've seen them uh, alluded to online, I'm like, you know, it's kind of true-ish. It'd be nice, like you said, to see them look more factory. But to me, the the young people coming in and how well they're doing, Bo Buntner's coming back. I mean, pro stock is going to be stacked again next year. It's it's going to be fun to watch. It's it's always fun to watch. Like, look at these races. Look at that final round, okay? Like, you don't like pro stock. Go look at the final round from this past weekend. Dallas Glenn, Erica Enders, worst reaction time, double oh five. Like, the driver matters you miss a shift point you lose you're off the clutch late you lose you're off the clutch early you lose and that has nothing to do with with the amount of horsepower you have and then it it just keeps bouncing back and forth with responsibility like driver responsible engine builder responsible tuner responsible chassis builder responsible uh crew chief responsible you blow the back window out of the thing if you're you know overly aggressive or under aggressive like if you're a racer, if you're a sports and racer, if you're a racer, you grew up with these cars, you like cars with doors. To me, pro stock is still the ultimate category. You're not as quick as some, but you have to be perfect to win. And I, isn't that what drag racing is about? Yeah. And I wish there was a way for people to really see how important precision is in that class. I mean, it's, it's so hard to like quantify it in words, you know, and getting to see it like at the, the, at West Bucks race, the World Door Slammer Nationals, again, just it put it on display. Well, you know what, though, Brian, it's not everything is for everybody. And like those of us who like certain things, like we got to understand that not everybody's going to like what we like. Oh, who's that? Oh, it's Paul from the NHRA. We got everybody. Um, I was kind of hoping it was someone more attractive. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> but I was. I was hoping, like, who's this going to be? Anyway, um, not every everything is for everybody, right? Like vanilla ice cream is the most popular flavor of ice cream, but everybody knows there's better flavors out there. It's just when you get a little technical or a little weird, uh, you lose the masses. That's what that whole like bell curve is all about. And the pro stock bands are over here on the curve. And it's not ever going to be the most popular category of drag racing, just like competition eliminator, right? It's it, it, the more detail and, and minutia you add, the more people you're going to lose because a lot of people can't handle it. They're like, uh, you know, not smart enough or don't care enough. That doesn't make it any less cool for guys like us and, uh, you know, people like Camry and Mark who are getting involved or uh, Erica and her team or Greg Anderson. Like, come on. Um, that's what pro stock is. It's not the mass appeal category, but it's the hardcore category. And, and that's why like, I get excited. They don't go 300 miles an hour. They go 210 miles per hour, but you got to be perfect to win. Now, my flavor of door car that I love is Pro Mod. And Pro Mod this year has been everything we build. I remember we talked early in the year about this, the World Door Slammer Nationals, about these two guys named uh, J.R. Gray and uh, Lyle Barnett, I think. Yeah. We're going to make a little bit of noise. And uh, guess what? They It took them a while, but those boys lived up to their billing. Well, you, as, as you would imagine, right, just jumping in, not everybody can just be Stevie fast and just jump in and, and be successful. Even Stevie had a little bit of a learning curve. But um, I've gotten to know both of those guys a little bit, as you know, and I, I make no bones about it. I cover NHRA primarily. I don't spend a lot of time in the outlaw world. Um, just is. I, I have limited uh, time and resources, and I focus on the NHRA. But when they got here, well, we're down to 10%, Brian. We're down to 10%. Hey, that 20 to 10% lasted us a long time. So I think we're going to be good for a few more minutes. Um, the fact that they raced each other in the final round of the final race of their first season, that tells you everything you need to know, right? They're both exactly what we need. 
they are racers first. They will be racing like Dallas Glenn. Dallas can't work on a pro soccer. He's going to be out there bracket racing. He'll be racing a station wagon and sportsman. He'll be doing whatever he's got to do to race based on the budget and time he's got available. And Lyle and JR are the same. They'll be in a small tire car. They'll be, they'll be whatever they got. They'll be figuring out how to make it go fast and win whatever race lies ahead. And to me, that that's like, um, it's like, uh, you know, major league baseball or football. Like if you can pitch, you're going to make it to the big show. They can race and they made it to the big show. And now they're there. And it's a, it's a call out to, to everybody like show you've got talent and ability and you fight and you're going to make it. There's going to be an opportunity for you. And hopefully the era of the person who is wealthy and has the money for a car and they drive it themselves and stink will be replaced by the era of the person who has the wealth and the money to have a car who decides they want to be like Rick Hendrick or Richard Childress and step aside and put somebody who doesn't necessarily have the wealth of the money behind the wheel and go win races and become a race winning team and grow the sport. And so many years ago, like I had this conversation and you know, Reinhardt comes on my show all the time. And uh, I used to say this all the time, like, why don't some of these guys get out of the seat and give the seat to someone who can win in their car and then become winners. And he's like, well, you know, if I'm paying, I get to have the fun. If I'm paying, I get to have the fun. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? If I'm paying, I get to have the fun, except um, this is competition, man. And as much as, you know, competition is fun, it's about winning. And so what do you want to do? What's more fun? Driving a car and losing first and second round or driving a car or owning a car rather and being a winner and celebrating in the winner's circle with your team because you were smart enough to hire a badass driver and give somebody an opportunity to get paid to go race or chase their dream. You know, that's, I think that is uh, just like we started the conversation with the mega top fuel teams. I think maybe we're experiencing another change in the sport of drag racing right there where people are going to realize, you know what? I'd rather be a race winning team owner than a first or second round losing uh, driver. Yeah. You, you, it's a, you, there's more than one ways to earn a championship ring, right? That's, that's the way you got to look at it. Yes. It, 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 to kind of put a pin on that, what also makes it interesting for me is everybody said, turbos were dead in pro mod and now lyle barnett's got a pair of wallies that say not so fast my friend yeah well everybody says right everybody says everything like you can go on the social media you can find somebody saying anything anything about anything they're saying it right and there's not just one there's 10 they're saying it right but that's that doesn't mean anything there's so many people that have no idea what they're talking about and you know even me like i i do my best to make sure i have a decent idea of what i'm talking about but i hold back a lot because it's going to change the second you know Right. As soon as you know the answers, they change the questions. And that's what happens in motorsport. And it's not even on purpose. It's just technology. And um, they brought out the Hairston family car, the record holder with Erica, and they won uh, two out of the last what, three races with it. Yeah. Maybe the turbos are a, a good idea. And, and also those rules changes that, that went on the Pro Charger. You know, the Pro Charger came out. They were dominating. NHRA said, whoa, man, these things are running 550s. Let's back them down a little bit. They made some changes. And now I think it's pretty obvious that we got parity. And, um, and we can go again. And so I think 2022 is going to be great over here, over my shoulder, this guy, that is Gerard Hansen. And he is the guy that is trying to get a track built in Mississippi. How Ooh. about that? So you better, you better get it done. You're going to get it done. Yeah, I'm gonna get it done. He says Absolutely. he's, he's going to get it done. He's on, he's on a mission. So there you go. Dragzine two scoops on this, uh, guest appearance. 
Yeah, you know what? That's we'll we'll just keep we'll keep taking them because you never that's that's the the joy of this new media era we live in because you can literally report on something as it's happening, right? I'd like to think so. Now, one more thing I'd like to hit on is one of my favorite races from Vegas, the top alcohol dragster final. Two people I've had on the show, two awesome people, like like Reinhardt said, you can't create a story like that in Hollywood. How did that hit you in the feels to watch those two go at it? Well, it's been great because I've been tracking the story for a while. You know, uh, I, I've been. Uh, both of those two uh, young ladies, Jackie and Rachel, are, are people that I've taken an interest in just because, uh, you know, Rachel, I got to know because I know Megan and Randy. And so that whole transition for her, um, I've been. You know, I don't want to say on the inside, but I knew like I, I watched it happen. And Jackie as well. Uh, Jackie was kind enough to invite me to a test a couple of years ago. So I got to know John and the team over there and knowing that their championship hopes were alive um, for many races, but they had to win out. So I've been saying on the mic, no, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. And they won all the way to the final round to set up what was the most incredible single final round I think we've ever had maybe in NHRA history. Uh, the first race ever where four lady racers were the semifinalists. That had never happened before. We had four lady racers. Meanwhile, you got Formula One and Danica, who I love. Danica is their like guest commentator. And Danica, they're like, Danica, oh my gosh, you're the only lady to do anything in America. And it's like, oh my gosh, you guys don't know anything about drag racing. As much as I am a fan of Formula One, like what a terrible oversight by them, right? Like to not understand or appreciate what's going on in the world of drag racing. Shame, shame, Formula One, shame. But I still love you. And I can't wait to go to the race in Miami. But nonetheless, we got four semifinalists in top alcohol. Uh, you got Julie, you got Kim Parker, you got Rachel, you got Jackie. Jackie and Rachel both win, and it's going to be a final round for the championship. Winner takes all. What? That is amazing. That is incredible. And Rachel Meyer, Randy Meyer, they pulled it out. Low T of the meet in the final round. They won the championship. Probably the deserving team, if you're really going to do it, because they were the strongest all year long. And, uh, you know, Jackie got hot late. And so maybe even a little justice at the end. But um, that's what this sport is. That's why everybody does it. Because we know, again, the vanilla ice cream analogy. We like complex things, right? And in the alcohol categories, like those fans, there are fans that pay attention solely to the alcohol categories. They are doing it for a reason. They're not dumb people. They're doing it for a reason because the people and the personalities, the grassroots, they're real salt of the earth, hardworking people with busted knuckles and calloused hands. And uh, two groups of regular people fought hard, got down to the final round of the final race for the championship. And, uh, you know, somebody came out on top and it was Rachel Meyer. Yeah, it was just it was amazing to watch that unfold because I love Jackie. I had her on the show, talked to her. She's amazing. I actually got stuck underneath Rachel's awning at Norwalk during one of the rain delays and talked to her for like an hour on top of the podcast. Just an amazing individual. It's one of those races where it's like, can we just cut the trophy in half for them? Because they are both like that nice of people. But Jackie won the U.S. Nationals, though, man. Like it's a pretty good year. Yeah. U.S. Nationals second in the points. Uh, it's a pretty good year. And meanwhile, Randy Meyer wins three in a row. It's just incredible. So Joe, to, to wrap things up here, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want five bold predictions for the, for the finals of Promoda. Could be anything. Five bold predictions. <laughs> five bold predictions. 
Okay. Bold have five bold predictions. This is the kind of thing you got to tell me before the show starts, Brian. You got to tell me this. Okay. Bold prediction number one. I will make it without passing out on my feet. That's a bold prediction, but I think it will happen. Bold prediction number two. Not all the points leaders at the moment will end up as champion. Ooh. Okay. Not all the points leader at the moment will end up uh, as the champion. Not going to tell you which. Uh, that is two. Number three, there will be a shocking sponsor announcement, like a, a silly season style announcement that will happen at or around the Auto Club finals. Okay, that is three. Uh, four, this is very challenging. I'm doing, I'm, I'm struggling to do this, but I'm, I'm coming up with them. Um, let's see, four, I don't know. How about we do three, Brian? How we'll about do we do three? I'll meet you there. I, I threw that curveball. You see, that, that's part of the fun is I, I like to keep people, you know, I like to throw those curveballs, you know. I, I and like I, nub, I nubbed it right down the third base line, and I'm trying to beat it out, uh, you know, in, in the, in the uh, infield single. And, and that's why I didn't make them specific predictions i went general and i think right there the, especially the first one i'm like that that hits me right in the media heart because i know what that's people don't they think oh you've got the greatest job in the world i'm like yeah it's fun till you got to be out on your feet for 13 hours and you have to try not to well it's not even that um i mean yeah standing up all day for like 24 hours a day is not even the least of it it's just the uh you know the mental everybody knows that your brain uses the most calories right you have to be using your brain at all times of every second that you're there like deep in thought and concentration there's not one second of like oh you know like isn't this nice that that's not how being a journalist around motorsports uh is especially your uh your your personal safety that's something to keep in mind too Everybody says, you look so mad when you're at the track. I'm like, I'm thinking. I constantly have to be thinking about the next move I make so I can stay ahead of what I have to do. That's the only way you can survive. Well, exactly. And we need more. We need more. You know, I've been running the media center for the NHRA now this season. And, um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been uh, kind of uh, challenging to the journalists out there. Like, listen, come with questions. Um, you know, it's, it's like you can come to the race and you can watch the racing. But when we bring... Brittany Force into the media center. Uh, this is your chance to speak with Brittany Force about anything that happened here today. Ask a question. Don't just let her come and go. What a rare opportunity for you to be able to do this. Uh, you know, bring it, bring something, participate. Uh, and so that's it, right? Like some journalists will get kicked out of the media center by me at the Auto Club Finals. Boom, there's four. Oh, wow. Yeah. From the outside of the peripheral vision, the fourth one streaks in. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time. Of course, as always, you get to be the John Force and plug your sponsors and everything else, where people can find you at, what you got going on. So have at it, my friend. All right. You're listening to a podcast, watching a podcast. Just shuffle right down, whether you're doing an Apple podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and subscribe to WFO, like wide freaking open radio podcast and subscribe click the bell. We're on YouTube, WFO Radio TV. We're doing a lot of live streams just like Brian and Dragzine. And uh, we, you know, have a lot of, uh, we have all the stars, you know, Ron Caps last week, 
uh, talking about his big announcement coming up. What's it going to be? And then he goes out to the final round. Uh, I'm trying to put up some unique content on our YouTube channel. So I would like everybody to go to the YouTube channel. If I'm going to like dial all, all into one thing, WFO Radio TV on YouTube. You can watch our shows. You can participate. All the social media you can find everything uh, through there from the website. And the bottom line is this, you know, Brian, myself, others, we're part of a small fraternity of drag racing journalists, fans, commentators, uh, workers, etc. that we love this thing so desperately. And if you uh, want to know more about it, you listen to all the different shows, you're going to pick up on all kinds of themes and common threads and stuff between the lines. And you'll know the information. Oh, we lost Joe at the last second. Well, Joe, thanks for joining us on the show. Make sure you subscribe to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got to thank my sponsors Performance Distributors, Airflow Research, Procharger, Holly, MSD, Flowmaster, Mosier Engineering, Comp Cams, Fuel Air Spark Technology, Elderbrock, Manly, JE Pistons, and Dart. Thanks to Joe for joining the show. Make sure you catch us next time on the Dragzine Podcast. <laughs>